This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SICL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Starting things out tonight with a story I mentioned way too many times last night, and we never got to it, so I always feel guilty about not getting to something. So let's talk about Girls Gone Wild, the founder of Girls Gone Wild. Now we're as bad as Fox News. Well, now, I personally, I've seen some clips of the Girls Gone Wild, and I don't really understand what all the excitement is about. It's about as tame as pornography can get. I don't even know if you can really even call it pornography. Maybe, maybe there are some that are more pornographic than others. I, as I understand it, there's a whole bunch of different Girls Gone Wild videos, like a, an entire series of them. Uh, but the impression that I've gotten, at least from the advertisements I've seen, is that it's pretty much just teenage girls taking their tops off. And maybe their bottoms. I don't know. But, that, you know, nudity... Is nudity even pornography? That's an arguable... Uh, position. Yeah. And if you want to chime in, you're certainly welcome to do so at 800-259-9231 on what you think porn is. I don't I don't know if Girls Gone Wild qualifies, but nonetheless, there's no doubt that it upsets a lot of people, right? I mean, this uh the idea that uh girls, teenage girls, 18, 19 years old are going to, I guess in some cases 17, which is why he's in trouble with the law. Uh these teen girls are going out and getting drunk and taking their tops off and signing waiver forms, allowing themselves to be shown on these uh, you know, videotapes and DVD sets. Mm-hmm. So I guess that upsets a lot of people in America, and so a number of people are very happy that Joe Francis is currently sitting in a jail cell. Though we know from experience, uh, you, Mark, having actually been in prison, and uh, a number of our listeners having had experiences being put in jail for a few nights or a night or two, that we've heard their stories, uh, sometimes things can get kind of awful in there. I mean, jail on its own is a bad experience, but when you're tortured and you're in jail, in a, it just makes it worse. And that's what Joe Francis is alleging. He's alleging he was tortured. From the Associated Press, the founder of Girls Gone Wild franchise has accused Grady County jailers of going wild and torturing him during a brief stay at the facility. Joe Francis is now jailed in Reno, Nevada, where he awaits trial next year on a federal tax evasion charge. Among other things, guards threatened to strap Francis naked to a chair for 48 hours while he was in custody there from May 17th to June 4th. His attorneys alleged in a legal filing that's part of an effort to get him released on bail in a Florida case. The attorneys declined a request from the Oklahoma to discuss the allegations. Francis, who's 34, was held in Oklahoma for two weeks while being moved from a Florida jail to the Nevada facility. Grady County is paid to detain inmates for the Oklahoma City Federal Transfer Center when that facility is at capacity. So it was a temporary stay. So he was told that he was going to be um, tied to a chair naked for 48 hours? Well, Grady County officials have denied the accusations. Uh, The... Jail administrator says Mr. Francis was treated like every inmate that comes through the Grady County Law Enforcement Center. And that sort of a statement doesn't give me anything to feel good about. Uh, That could just mean that they treat all their inmates equally awfully. But Francis has made millions of dollars with the Girls Gone Wild videos and DVDs, which feature predominantly college-age women exposing themselves, often during spring break. Sometimes the women kiss or engage in sexual activities at the urging of the cameramen. His attorneys allege jailers in Oklahoma tortured Francis, including denying him needed medication and social visits. 
The day he was supposed to be transported to Reno, Grady County Guards made him dispose of his commissary, or food, clothing, hygiene products, bedding, and blankets for the move. While waiting in line to be transported to a bus, one of the guards instructed him to step out of the line. He was told he would be going nowhere and ordered back to his cell. Francis had already given his entire commissary away and had no bedding or blankets. The commissary could not be replaced for days, his attorneys wrote in one legal filing. Mr. Francis again and again begged for a blanket, they wrote. As you might be aware, it's kept pretty cold in these jails. Keeps the germs down. They wrote uh, that it was that the it was then that the guards threatened to strip him and strap him naked to a chair with only a hole for defecation for 48 hours. Now we know these special chairs do exist. These uh, these detention chairs or tor- torture chairs or whatever you want to talk about. One of our listeners had uh, told us that they had strapped him in to one of those when they were being extra mean. So I believe that this chair absolutely exists. I've never seen one. The sheriff, Kieran McMullen, laughed at the accusations. He said there are special chairs available in case someone's trying to hurt themselves or something, but I'm not familiar with him ever being threatened with that. Well, that doesn't mean anything. The guards can say and do all kinds of things when the sheriff's not around. Sure. The jail administrator said Francis was never placed in a restraint chair. Jailers did delay his move to Reno after finding out his family had somehow been notified when he was to be moved. Uh, the sheriff was talking about how that's a security risk, blah, blah, blah. He said federal inmates are not allowed to take commissary with them when they leave. The jail administrator said Francis was never denied a blanket, although we had to take one from him because he was given more than what is allowed. Francis faces criminal charges of using minors, uh, of use of minors in a sexual performance and conspiracy to use minors in a sexual performance after two girls, then 17, were videotaped in 2003 in sex acts in a motel shower. He denies wrongdoing, saying he can't be held responsible because the girls lied to a cameraman about their age and because he wasn't in the bathroom at the time. And indeed, how possibly could Joe Francis uh, be held responsible for the actions of his cameraman? It's an excellent question. I mean, uh, you know, just because he runs the business doesn't mean he's there. Uh, And also, uh, let's look at what the cameraman did. I mean, the fact is, these guys go out to the the spring uh, break locations where there's teenagers all over the place. Uh, probably getting drunk. Hey, you want to make a few hundred bucks, babe? Right. I don't know how much they pay him. You know, 50 bucks. Who knows what it'll take? I'm sure they start low and then they, you know, they go up to a certain set amount that they're not allowed to go any higher than. Sure. Um, so, so they offer the girls some money and the girls say, yeah, sure, I'll take my top off for a hundred bucks. And, uh, and then you get them to sign a, a, a waiver, uh, some sort of release form allowing them to use the footage in their DVD mm-hmm. and shoot the footage move them on, and that's it. It's probably a you know, typical situation. They probably move through hundreds of uh, these situations and, you know, when they're filming. They would have to. I, you know, they, have, they have to keep new footage coming. Right. So I guess this, you know, this comes back to sort of that issue of statutory rape, even though no one was raped in this particular case. It's mm-hmm. still that underage sex issue uh, where... Yeah, because I'm not real impressed with the uh, level of torture that Mr. Grady got. Well, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. But certainly I mean, keeping I, a blanket from someone is, I think, somewhat torturous. That's the claim he has. Um, they, you know, uh, Their claim is that he didn't get an additional blanket. Well, the claim is they took away all his blankets. And, the, of course, that's the jail is going to tell you a different story. Uh, of course they are. And they have no reason to admit some, what I'm doing. The thing is is that uh, sometimes convicts are going to lie and sometimes officers are going to lie. And, and you know, I, I don't think he should be in there. 
I don't think he's done anything wrong, but as to him being tortured, I'm I'm still consi- count, color me dubious. No, it's no, it's not waterboarding, but uh, nonetheless, taking a blanket away from somebody where the temperature is 50 degrees is pretty awful. Well, you're taking their word at it. I don't know that I'm quite ready to. No, I have no reason to disbelieve. I mean, there's all, there are far more uh, awful allegations that come out of America's jails than this. So, uh, but, but, but but there's 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 plenty of convicts who will lie in order to get um, some you know better treatment or you know their uh, get their captors in trouble or or whatever. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's all kinds of them out there. Oh, I understand that, um, but you you and I both know that the captors probably aren't going to get in trouble for this because there's no real proof beyond his word. So it's right. you know it's their word versus his word. They're probably not, and I I don't know that I would get them in trouble uh, over this. I don't know if what I could happen. You can't really do anything. I mean they're they're the jail. They're pretty much immune from getting in trouble. If I were the sheriff, I don't think I'd punish these guys. I don't. There's not enough. There's not enough evidence. I totally understand, Mark. Yep. I'm just I'm just telling you there are allegations of torture here. Yep. yep. And it gives us an excuse to talk about Girls Gone Wild yep. and how they do their uh, their business. And, the and issue, I think their business is fully legitimate. I think so, too. And I think it's legitimate even if they're getting scammed by a 17-year-old girl that is lying about her age. Right. I don't think it's fair to say that men, in the case of the, you know, the men that were per, per, um, doing a business here and, and recording these girls, or a man that was perhaps interested in taking one of these girls home with him and you know fooling around or whatever, and then he gets a statutory rape charge. I think it's a similar situation in that essentially it seems like the burden of proof as far as age is concerned, determining a, a young person's age, apparently is on the guy. It's right. apparently on the that's uh, unfair. the older person. I suppose it could work in the reverse, like a you know an underage male getting together with an older female, but you don't normally hear about those stories. Uh, so... I want to know from you if you think that the burden of proof should lie with the older person. How educated should someone be at spotting a fake ID? Because a lot of these teenagers, they have these fake IDs so they can go into bars and drink. And if a girl, I mean, first of all, asking someone to show their ID in a sexual situation is kind of awkward. But even if you did ask them to show an ID, how would you, I mean, how can you be expected to identify them? Free Talk Live, live Saturday show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The place to go, the features for free. We've got a Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Shrine. .freetalklive.com, and now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. We're talking about a uh, situation involving the founder uh, of Girls Gone Wild. If you've, I guess, been up at late at night watching television, you've probably seen some of the advertisements for this. Yeah, the infomercials used to be everywhere. Uh, and he's in jail and they must have right worked now. Too. He's in jail right now uh, because apparently, when he was uh, when his crew was filming down in Miami, they filmed a couple of 17-year-old girls who apparently took off their clothes and then performed a sex act on one another, which, of course, by legal definition, probably is child pornography. Of course. 
you know, the idea that a 17-year-old girl is somehow incapable of making a decision about sex, but yet an 18-year-old girl is, seems right. pretty if absurd she's 17, to me. If she's 17 and a half, where does she get the capacity to uh, make that decision in six months? 17 and 364 days, she's apparently completely unable to make those decisions for another 24 hours. I mean, that's all absurd. But I want to know from you if you think this is something that, uh, if you think these laws are good, if you think Joe Francis should be in a prison cell right now, 1-800-259-9231. And I can tell you a lot of people in America do. I'm looking at this uh, article from the Tulsa World and, and reading some of these comments. And people are calling him a criminal. They're calling him a scumbag. They're saying he took advantage of these girls. And I, I just don't know if I agree. I mean, right. look. Did they get their money? They got paid, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't understand what the problem is. I, I don't either. Look, you go out in public and you get drunk and someone comes up and asks you to take your clothes off and hand you cash. How's that taking advantage exactly? Are you completely incapable of, of thinking? I mean, do you not realize? Are you really? Are you that wasted where you don't understand that there's a man standing in front of you with a video camera in his hands giving you cash, asking you to sign a form? I mean, how wasted do you have to be to not get that right they got the money there and then they're likely um got more money from him in uh, some kind of civil suit or or going to right now isn't that also an insult against these girls i mean aren't you also by saying that they're victims here aren't you also insulting them and saying they're stupid essentially you're gullible well th they're likely saying it themselves in order to get make more money i understand that i'm talking about the people that are you know trying to take their side on this yeah. isn't that sort of a subtle attack on their intelligence that's Apparently how it, it seems is. to me and really, how fa how many steps is a man to go through? I mean, whether it's you picking up somebody in a bar, you know, you're at a bar, Happens. right? You're in a bar, okay, and you have to be 21 to drink in a bar, and at least in America, different in Canada. Here in America, 21. A lot of bars won't let you in unless you're 21. So that means that if you're in a bar drinking, someone has you have shown an ID to somebody. So if you have a fake ID, and you're a 17 year old girl. And you're drinking in that bar, and some guy comes up to you know some guy comes up to you and starts hitting on you, and one thing leads to another. Before you know it, he takes you back home, and uh, you get together and you have a little uh, sexual action, uh, and then the next thing you know, uh, the next thing you know, she's uh, threatening you with a possible statutory rape situation, and you get strung up on charges, and now you're looking at a couple, maybe five years in prison as a result of you apparently not either, number one, asking to see her identification, and B, if you did happen to ask that, and I wonder how many guys have ever asked a girl to show her ID before climbing into bed with them. If you actually did, if you are someone that has uh, asked for an ID, I'd love to hear your story, 800-259-9231. But let's say you actually did ask for ID, and the girl showed you an ID, and you looked at it, and, yeah, well, state of Florida, and, uh, okay, date of birth, yep, she's 21, okay, let's get it on. And then it turns out it was a fake ID, you're still going to get charged. Yep. Because apparently it's your responsibility as a man uh, to, to know, or the older person, again, this could happen in reverse, uh, it's your responsibility to identify fake identification? I mean, how many people are trained at that? Let's see, they give maybe liquor store operators, the cashiers there, maybe they and get they a little... And they make mistakes too. Right, maybe they get a little rudimentary training, bartenders, waitstaff, you know, these are people that get some level of training as to how to spot a fake ID, but if the fake's really good... And you can buy really good fakes, and these kids know where to get them from the underground. How are you? So, I mean, how can anyone defend these laws, putting these guys in jail? 
And the same thing applies to these people that are running the Girls Gone Wild situation, where they're asking girls, are you old enough? Okay, show us your ID. Here, sign this form. It's a release form. How many other ways do they have to cover their butts? Are you just going to tell me that people shouldn't be allowed to film others naked? Is that what the the answer is? Oh, if you want to be safe, just don't film anybody naked. Well, obviously, or that's... only old people. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> right. <laughs> people with wrinkles. <laughs> So I, I just, you know, I want to hear from you if you think this is unreasonable, because I sure think it is. And if you think it's reasonable that uh, men have to, uh, people who are older have to start checking identifications of young people that they might be interested in spending time with, I want to hear from you at 800-259-9231. You know what I think most of this hatred uh, being directed towards Joe Francis is? And I don't know this guy. For all I know, he's a jack, you know, a jer- real jerk. Okay, he's he's a real wealthy dude, and uh, he's kind of he seems like a smarmy kind of a guy. Yeah, he's you know to be uh, to do this kind of career, it seems a little slick. So I'm not coming to his defense as a person. I don't know the guy. Okay, but 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 we should come to his defense to film whatever he wants to film as long as you know, and as long as he takes reasonable precautions to find out that these uh, women are over the age of 18. I mean, what the heck? You know, I think that. there, there are two things that I want to comment on in regards to Joe Francis. One is the attitude of the jailers and what they have allegedly done to him in denying him blankets and that sort of thing uh, and threatening him with, uh, with even worse. The behavior of the jailers and also the behavior in the comments on this article that I'm reading at Tulsa, uh, TulsaWorld.com, just the, the vitriol and the hatred that is being spewed towards this Joe Francis character, I think really... I think most of these posters that are trying to, you know, make themselves sound like they're high and muddy, mighty, and that this guy's the scum of the earth, I think they're just jealous of old Joe. You think? I mean, he's successful. He's made millions of dollars doing this Girls Gone Wild thing, and he's probably seen more naked women in a weekend than these posters or these jail guards will see in their entire lifetime. I think there's a little bit of jealousy going on here. That's why he's getting treated the way he is. But then again, there are plenty of prisoners that get mistreated in jail. But I think that he's getting targeted uh, because he's Joe Francis of Girls Gone Wild fame, and they really want to stick it to him because they're jealous. What do you think? 800-259-9231. So I think that what we really need to do is just abolish the statutory rape laws. Because there's a big difference between real rape and statutory rape. In fact, I think having statutory rape laws on the book, uh, the books is an insult to women that actually get raped. Because rape is a, uh, you know, is when you have sexual uh, penetration of some sort without consent. Meaning you're forcing sex on someone. Statutory rape means you've raped the statutes, uh, <laughs> meaning that... No, it means that the person is uh, too young to give consent, is what it means. And I, I, I don't have a problem... Absurd. At some, well, at some point, there, there's some point down the age range where I think that people are unable to give consent. And I think it's odd that if you're a not 17-year-old able to con- girl can give consent to a 17-year-old guy, but can't give consent to a 21-year-old guy. It right. seems very odd. want to hear from you on this 800-259-9231. Are we out of line, or is the law out of line? This is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. If you've missed a moment of the show, we've got archives. An entire year's worth of the program right there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollar offices were raided by the FBI and Secret Service on November 14th, and all of its precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to libertydollar.org and sign up for their updates and register for the class action lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. Go to libertydollar.org. As we go to the phones, to the fun ladies first, it's Becky listening in Keene, New Hampshire on WKBK. Hello, Becky. Hi, fellas. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, two quick points. Uh, the reasons why the younger men don't rat on the older women they're seeing, they wouldn't be calling the cops, they'd be writing penthouse forums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, uh, that's what I was asking earlier. Why do we never hear of the other side of the, the coin? Because it's always guys getting charged for having statutory rape, uh, r- raped a, a female. We very rarely hear anything else, except for the teacher stories. Those are the only real exceptions. I was going to say, yeah, Pam Smart and Mary Kay Letourneau, but right, anyway. Right, and there's been more than that, but yes, that's pretty much the only yeah. exception. And, uh... The other quick point, the you know all the posters to the the Tulsa World and, and everything like that. I bet you they're his biggest customers. Secretly, yeah, they get a little secret girls gone wild oh, stash. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's easy you, to be you very. You find me a guy without a porn collection, and I will find you a guy that doesn't have a social life. I'm sorry. Well, I I don't know that they're inextricably linked, but uh, I'm sure there's guys out there without porn collections. I yeah, just... I bet you, I bet you, they've never had a girlfriend or gotten past first base. Well, they may be happily married guys with uh, you know strong faith or something. Yeah, maybe yeah. they maybe they have so much uh, sexual intercourse that they have no need for uh, for any sort of other outlet. Oh, you're you're tempting me to say stuff I can't say on the radio. Yep. Come on, guys. <laughs> well, I'm sure they're very interested in what goes on inside those porn magazines or videos, but oh, uh, I'm sure they are. They, they resist the temptation. Now, how do you feel about the issue of of the statutory rape, where these? Uh, I think it's crap. So you I think, think if a person's woman woman enough to engage in sexual intercourse, they're woman enough to to deal with the consequences. Now, what about okay? And and I actually happen to uh, to, to agree with you on this, but Mark says there should be an age somewhere. Mark says it should be less than eighteen, but somewhere between you know really young and eighteen. I, I think there needs to be you know different you know, windows. I lived in Tennessee for about two years, and the age of consent actually was sixteen. Right. I I personally think if you're old enough to drive a oh, three thousand pound death machine, oh, you can oh, have a little fun on a Saturday night. It's hard to it's hard to argue with that particular yeah, point. Absolutely. I think I don't think anybody um, could reasonably be against lowering it to sixteen because that's where that's the way it is in many states. Uh, here in yeah. our very own New Hampshire, it is uh, it is sixteen. Uh, in fact, as of recently, uh, not until I guess it wasn't too long ago that Hawaii changed theirs. From 14 to 16, but the entire country of Canada, it's 14. And what's interesting is that, despite the fact that Canada has a uh, you know that low of an age of consent, it's America that has the problem with teenage pregnancy. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, there are some states in this union that you can get married at 13. It's yeah. true with parental consent. Yes. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I think that uh, that abolishing stat- statutory rape is the way to go. If there's real rape going on, then that needs to be prosecuted. Those people need exactly. to be need to be put away. And I don't care how old the victim is. Real rape is exactly. is abhorrent. And, and you could tell the difference between real rape and just a couple of kids screwing around. I'm no sorry. doubt about it. Becky, great call. Thanks for making it. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. We talked to David in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live, David. Hello? Hey, David, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Yes, I really need to, to mention some very crucial points about this statutory thing. What sure. most people don't understand is that this was created for the courts, and I'm sorry to say, but in the state of Ohio, this has become nothing more than a modern-day witch hunt. And I have to be very specific on certain factors. First of all, you were talking about this thing about the consenting age. They'll prosecute a man any age over 18 for having a sexual relationship with any teenager, okay? They sure will. So an 18-year-old having sex with a 17-year-old. Yep. If if that 17-year-old took a gun and shot somebody, they'd be on trial in the state of Ohio as an, oh, excuse me, adult. Mm. Okay? Right. So they're an adult if they pick up a gun, but if they pull their pants down, they're a child. So we have to get to the truth of what's behind all of this. And the truth is there's something called the common law. And what people don't realize, you won't see a child being prosecuted for a crime under the age of 13 because under the common law, men and women are men and women at the age of 13. Now, the prosecutors know this. They use both sides of the statutory thing and the de facto citizenship status under Article 14 to bend the whim any way they want. When it pleases the court to call a 17- or a 16-year-old an adult to put somebody away, mm-hmm. they're an adult. And when that same court needs to call that 17- or 16-year-old a, a, a child to put somebody away, they do the same thing. Yeah. Now, in Ohio, it's, it's, there's another point that I have to bring up. The, the issue of rape itself is a self-convicting um, uh, accusation. You hear somebody mention that somebody, like you said, this guy who's, who, who you were speaking of before, how people are giving death threats and everything else. Yeah. If you're accused of something like that, a person's eyeballs will be rolling out, their, their uh, mouth will be snarling up in guilt and conviction and hate towards this man before they even know one single fact. Sure, before the trial, in many cases. Right. Uh, it's, it's the seriousness it's of the charge. against this man from day one, it is. And the process, unfortunately, what people don't realize is states are worried more about something called Agenda 21 than What's crime. That? They want pe- to cram people into prison. I hate to say it, in Cuyahoga County, our prosecutor does more railroading than Amtrak. Oh, okay. that's how prosecutors work, man. I mean, it's all politically motivated. They don't they, actually care about keeping criminals off the streets. Conclu- they will withhold unlawfully and and illegally withhold crucial evidence that will find a man innocent just so they can make a case. They know better than 60% of these people that are in there are innocent. You'll have 18-year-olds doing life in prison because he happens to be an 18-year-old, Romeo, who happened to do something with his 16-year-old girlfriend. I don't know if I've ever heard of anyone getting life for statutory rape. In Ohio, it's life without parole. And what they do is they stack up a bunch of charges and get you to take a plea. A plea bargain, yep. That's how it works and everywhere. And you're right, these prosecutors... Try to, get, try to get an attorney to represent you. When you're accused of that crime, nobody wants to know you. They look at like you like you're some sort of green bug. They don't want nothing to do with on mm. the accusation on the face of it alone. So, God help you, if you're ever accused of rape or statutory rape in the state of Ohio, you're condemned by accusation alone. It's and awful. don't worry, these courts will make sure that they put up enough spin doctors, and that's another thing they do in Ohio. Witnesses mean firsthand. A firsthand witness is somebody who could say, I was there, he did this, I saw him do it. Right. They put doctors 
and uh, psychologists who enter what they call speculation into the record of fact under the pretext of professionalism. They go up on the on, on get up in the courtroom and they testify why they think this happened. Under the Constitution, that's illegal, but they do it in Ohio. Hmm. Well, welcome to the courtrooms of America, and I don't think it's necessarily just Ohio that's uh, engaging in these sorts of behaviors. Uh, you know, prosecutors across the country uh, are essentially a political position. They're usually somebody that's upwardly mobile in the world of politics. They're somebody that wants to run for a mayor or a sheriff or something like that. And so they uh, they they want to pad their records, their conviction rates, with as many convictions as possible. And they go and they do the exact things that you talk about. They throw a bunch of charges at somebody, offer them a plea bargain, scare the crap out of them so they plea out instead of taking I would the say trial. some prosecutors do that I, I don't know how many or anything like too that many. I'll tell you too many. many it's too many let me tell you something the most important issue here is they recognize this is a mechanism that works to cram people in prison whether they did something or not and you know once you have license tyranny is the next level this is proven anytime you give governmental authorities more control and more power they always 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 abuse it we got 30,000 plus years of hist- of of human history yep. to to prove this you're right I would agree and, with that. and it's never enough david great it's call never enough. well informed thank you for making it 800-259-9231 I, I can tell you that people do get charged as adults um who are 12 years old which is under the age that he was talking about at least in the state of florida hmm. i've seen them okay um and you know as far as i think some prosecutors take their jobs very seriously want to see the guilty people get um, convicted and want to see the innocent people go free um, I would say that you're cor- you and David are correct that they're incentivized to convict people it's their job to convict people right. and therefore some of them can take that too seriously it's not their job to care about the truth it's not their job to care about justice. That much is so. It's their job to get someone right, in a jail cell. system. Yep. And the more people they put in jail cells, the bigger the budget for the jails in the prison system the next year. And, of course, the bigger their conviction record. So it looks real good when they run for mayor. And our friends and family are suffering as a result of it. More on the way. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. Bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. Whether you want to discuss uh, this issue of the out-of-control justice system, just throwing people into jail cells and then them getting you know, tortured when they're there, or uh, the absurdity of uh, laws like statutory rape laws and age of consent as far as... Uh, you know, these, uh, these girls that are being videotaped, taking their tops off when they're giving fake IDs to the people with the video cameras. You want to comment on all that or anything uh, anything different? Your choice. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The wiki and the shrine and the BBS and all of the features we give away. But we do ask if you want to help support Free Talk Live that you go shopping with us at store.freetalklive.com. That's where you'll get Free Talk Live branded merchandise like t-shirts and hats and hoodies and more. All there at store.freetalklive.com. American Consumer News is an online magazine which will provide you a steady stream of money-saving tips to help get you closer to financial freedom. The magazine discusses topics such as investing, real estate, frugality, debt reduction, and more. Head over to AmericanConsumerNews.com and uh, get some good information. That's AmericanConsumerNews.com. We go to the phones. You bring up what you want. James in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, James. Oh, uh, hello. I'm Mr. and like. I, I'm a high school teacher at a school, a high school in um, in Massachusetts, and I, I love your guys' show. I have segments recorded, and I, I play them in my class. You guys Lovely, James. What, what's on your mind tonight? 
Uh, well, I want to bring up the subject of the statutory rape once again that you guys were talking about before mm. the commercial break. And, well, like I, I was acquitted for uh, statutory raping one of my students, uh, Jeff. Um, yes, it was, it was a very awkward time in my life, and I, I went to jail for it, and it was just a horrible Wait, day. Wait, you were acquitted? Was, How could you have gone to jail if you were acquitted for I'm it? I'm sorry. I might just say convicted. I'm sorry. It was a, my, my, my mind's racing. I've never, I haven't been on the show before. It's just yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that's all right. I understand. People get nervous. People get excited. Uh, adrenaline uh, pumps. So, did you do it? Uh, well, <laughs> yes, I did. Yes. Okay. How was well, it? Um, when I was in jail, it was, it was horrible. The guards would beat us, and the other inmates, they would, they would well... Actually harass the other the other inmates. It was just it was just terrible. Now if somebody like, now Mark is a man who spent nine years in prison. If somebody comes in that I mean I'm just going by your voice. You sound like you might be a little flam- on the flamboyant side. Is that would that be an accurate statement, James? James. I think he put down his phone. Thanks for the call. Anyway, uh, Mark, as a man who spent uh, nine years in prison. With somebody as uh, flamboyant as James comes in, what what will happen to him? It's gonna be a tough road. What does that mean? Well, um, you know, they people have the expectation, inmates have the expectation that they're going to make uh, somebody who's uh, you know very gay and very obviously gay into their woman, and mm. then they're going to you know do whatever it is that they want, whether it's uh, themselves or you know renting him out. Do the inmates fight over the women? Yeah, yeah, the, the, there are fights. I'm not saying that it happens every day or anything right. like that, but, it, you know, sure. So if one inmate arguments. decides he wants your woman, he may try to fight you for uh, It's woman. unlikely that, I mean, usually it's done through relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this whole, uh, the whole so threatening they can break thing. So they can break up if, yeah. if they want? Sure, sure they can. Huh. It, you know, it, it, it just depends on where you are and what the level of violence is in, in those places, but... You know, mostly people are talked into these things, not uh, threatened. And it's some, there's a certain amount of threatening. Not, not I think it's interesting. It. You've, you've told me off the air, and I think you might have mentioned, talked about it on the air before, but that uh, essentially the jail, the the you know the rape situation in America's prisons are, in your opinion, over um, essentially overstated. I, it, that's my opinion. It's, it's glamorized to I an extent for Hollywood. I, and, sure. I mean, you know, the stuff you see on Oz, I can't say that none of it ever happened while I was in, but it, I, I was in for nine years. Yeah. And uh, Nine years, how many incidents did you become aware of? Of what? Rape? Yeah. Um, the, the prison system's gotten a lot safer because they're putting a lot more people in it and they have to keep them safe. Okay. Otherwise, they're going to be um, sued. So most of them that I heard about uh, happened even before I was there, so I wasn't even there for. I, I did hear what I believe to be that going on at one point um but you know maybe a, a handful interesting 1-800-259-9231 maybe you've spent some time on the inside you want to comment on this or whatever's on your mind we go back to the phones to josh in washington listening on kusa in yakima hello there yeah i wanted to comment on what you're, you're talking about there with uh uh, adults and even youth being charged with sex crimes. I worked as an entertainment agent for several years in Washington State, and I came across a young man uh, up in Washington State who was living on the streets, and he had told me a story about how he had uh, been arrested at the age of 12 and charged with a sex offense crime, and basically it was just a classic case of two individuals playing doctor, more or less. Mm-hmm. And um, in any case, uh, it just totally destroyed the kid's life. Wow. His uh, mom and his dad, uh, it was a small community up in Washington State, about 10,000 people in the community. Uh, they plastered his face 
and uh, posters, flyers, uh, sex My offender goodness. flyers throughout the entire town. He was made to travel nearly 30 miles out of town to go to a special school because they considered him to be a danger to other kids. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and it wasn't, you know, after going through the case, and I spent uh, close to $30,000 reopening up the case and files and everything, uh, we got to doing some research in it, and there was nothing there. What do you mean? There was nothing there. The cops didn't have anything to go by. So, they they, so wait. This. They, they threatened him with uh, a bunch of charges, and he plead out? Is that what happened? Well, basically what happened is the cops in this small hick town, that's what I'm going to call it, mm-hmm. uh, decided that they were going to go ahead and take this 12-year-old boy, set him down in an interrogation room, and interrogate him for 10 hours without his mom or his dad or anybody there that was a legal guardian wow. to be present. And, uh, and they got well, him back, to confess, or what? Well, basically, they, they I wouldn't say they got him to confess. I'd say they bullied him into a confession. Well, that's what I mean. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. And it wasn't even a confession of what really took place. I mean, they had documented times of the so-called sexual acts that took place, and I'm going through reading the documents, and I'm like, my God, they had a, a, a clock in every area, and he was paying attention to what time everything took place. It didn't make any sense. None of it made any sense. Hmm. And So, uh, so they shoved know, him are, through the system. We're taking 12-year-olds in this country. We're charging them with heinous crimes. What, what are we doing to our young men here in this country? I don't know. It's madness. But it's not just young men. Uh, there are stories that come out from time to time, and we always share them here when they come across our desk because they're just so outrageous, of young men and young ladies uh, in that same age bracket, you know, 13, 14, 12, getting together and, uh, you know... Getting charged for, you know... Fooling around. Fooling around. The, the same ages. Right. And and getting, you know, maybe because so many kids have uh, cell phones and digital cameras today, uh, taking a picture, a snapshot of the activities, and then they've got a child porn charge in addition to uh, statutory rape charges or underage sex charges. And, you know, you mentioned it ruined his life. You're absolutely right. Uh, can you imagine? I mean, if, if this hadn't happened, if he hadn't been brought up on these charges and he just fooled around with another, you know, another little girl, then, you know, it would have just simply been an indiscretion, and it, it could have been something the families would have been able to handle together. They could have put it behind them, you know, if if necessarily got if necessary, gotten some counseling, but that would have been about exactly. as far as it would have gone. And now, instead, he's been damaged permanently. It's awful. Well, the way they, they, they claimed it, there, there was a three-year uh, law there where if there was three years from the other individual involved, then that's all of a sudden a sex charge. So the, the girl was three years younger? Yes. Well, the individual was three years younger. I see. It's just a tragic, uh, tragic situation. And and, and what actually should have placed there was the parents should have gotten involved and handled the whole thing. Absolutely. It never even came into the situation. Well, the problem we have today, beyond the fact that the the so-called justice system is out of control and the other things we've talked about uh, tonight, is that parents think cops are going to help the situation. We see stories that don't even involve sex charges, that just involve a parent having trouble disciplining their child or whatever, or they want to teach little Johnny a lesson. They call in the cops, hoping the cops are going to come and, what, I guess lecture the kid? Well, no. Cops come. They want to arrest somebody. They want to put somebody in handcuffs. So usually it ends up uh, really exacerbating the situation and making what was a bad situation into something several times worse. The most ex- uh, the, the example that's standing out in my mind is that young 14-year-old boy who had stolen his grandmother's car, went for a joyride in his grandma's car. She called the cops when he'd come back 
uh, in order to, I guess, have a word with him, you know, scare him a little bit. Well, they arrested him and put him in a in, in internment camp, essentially, where he died at the hands of his captors. I mean, if Grandma hadn't have called the police, nothing would have happened, and that little boy would still be alive today. So, really... Please try not to call the cops if you have a situation because they're just going to make it worse. Absolutely. They will make it a lot worse. And in any case, anytime any one of your juvenile, uh, anytime a child is involved in a situation with a cop, there should be a guardian there with them. It seems like it. Absolutely, Uh, because they sure don't know their rights. I mean, most American adults don't know their rights. Certainly young Americans don't know a damn thing about freedom and their rights and the right to remain silent and all the rest. Great call, Josh. Thanks for making it. 800-259-9231. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Some stunning numbers from the uh, from the military. Turns out they're not being so honest with their injury numbers. Hmm. Hour two's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. We roll right into the phone calls. Let's talk to Jeremy in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hey, Jeremy, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, guys, I uh, had a question for Mark. Uh, I've been to prison, too, myself, and uh, really, I mean, uh, just for resisting arrest and and assaulting a police officer when they were kind of pushing me around, but we can talk about that some other time. What I I wanted to uh, talk about was uh, Second Amendment rights, you know, and how they strip you of that and your right to vote, and it just makes you feel like you're not a citizen anymore, and I'd like to know a way to try to, get that stuff back or, you know, get to where I can vote and get to where I can own a rifle and go hunting and well, stuff it, like that, you know, because it wasn't, I didn't use a firearm in the crime or nothing. I feel like it's kind of unconstitutional for them to take my right to bear arms away from yeah, me. It's I, outrageous. You know, the fact is, if you have a right, it can't be taken away. I mean, that's supposedly what a right's all about. Um, it's so therefore their their claim must be that it's a privilege instead of a right. But I'm pretty sure the Constitution makes it pretty clear that it's a right. Though I guess the Supreme Court will be uh, making a decision on that coming soon. But mark your thoughts. I well, mean, it, actually, according to the Thirteenth Amendment, is uh, it's uh, neither slave slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for a crime uh, whereof the party shall be um, duly convicted, shall exist in the United States or any place subject to the ju- jurisdiction. Well, the thing that I find. Uh What's really funny is, uh, I know today's a lot different from a couple hundred years ago or uh, not even 125 years ago, like uh, several states done this. I know Arkansas is one of them because that's where I done time and uh, uh, where they gave you a $20 double eagle and a rifle when you got out of prison. Jeez. So I don't understand what's changed between then and now, I mean, as far as your right to bear arms, you know. But anyway, I'll hang up and let you guys comment. Thanks, Jeremy, for the call. Mark, uh, so well, it is I, possible to get those reinstated, right? You just have to beg, don't you? You pretty much. You pretty. You have to go through the pardon process, the clemency, executive clemency process in your state. Um, sometimes you have to go through the state where you convicted. Sometimes you have to go um, through it where, in the state you're in. 
And um, why were you reading the Thirteenth Amendment? You didn't the Thirteenth Amendment um, says that uh, you know that that you can be punished, uh, that your rights can be taken away for the commission, you know, for commission of a crime. So therefore, they can take away your right to bear arms forever. I mean, that was that was a law before I got convicted. So therefore, I don't, I I wouldn't call it unconstitutional. I think that people that have I'd call it outrageous. Uh, outrageous is fine. I think it. I think it's just people haven't thought about it. It seems like a good idea. Let's not let punish them criminals. Well, let, let's not let convicted felons have guns. Seems like a bad idea, right? But if a person um, is staying out of prison, don't they have the right to protect their family? Um, probably in the case of uh, inmates re- released in Arkansas, the right to hunt for food at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually people use guns now to either hunt or uh, to protect themselves. Right. And you could go to the grocery store and um, you know buy food, so you don't really need it for hunting. And it's, a, it's really an absurd law, an absurd rule, because it doesn't stop the real criminals no, from getting it guns. It wouldn't stop me from getting a gun um, and com- committing a felony with that gun if I felt like doing it. The Allowing me to have a gun is, is really just... Um, you know, it's the good ex-convicts that you're you're hurting. Getting, yeah, you're yeah. you're hurting, not the bad ones. The bad ones are getting them, and they're going out and hurting people. You're putting the good it's ex- the good ones that want to make you know good in their life or whatever. Right. You're putting them and their family members in jeopardy. Right. And because your wife can't have one either. It can't be within your grasp. Right. You can't be in the same room as a gun. It, it depends on the state as far as uh, you know what what they consider active possession. What is it here in New Hampshire? Do you know? I, I haven't read up on it. You should. Yeah. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It Luckily, looks like if it's hers, it's okay, but it's hard to say. Check up on it. Luckily, you have the ability, Mark, to think uh, straight enough to where you could fire a weapon. Uh, many U.S. troops might not be as lucky, uh, according to USA Today. There are a tremendous number of U.S. troops that have been found to apparently have somehow, even though they have brain trauma, brain injuries. For some reason, they didn't make it onto the list of uh, the military's wounded. So, you know, they got the, uh, you know, the number of people that have been killed and the number of people that have been wounded, mm-hmm. and apparently the numbers weren't quite accurate. In fact, they were off by a significant percentage. Let me give you the story from USA Today. At least 20,000 U.S. troops who were not classified as wounded during combat in Iraq and Afghanistan have been found with signs of brain injuries, according to military and veterans records compiled by USA Today. The data provided by the Army, Navy, and Department of Veterans Affairs show that about five times as many troops sustained brain trauma as the 4,471 officially listed by the Pentagon through September 30th. So that's the official number, about 4,400. These cases are also not reflected in the Pentagon's official tally of wounded, which currently stands at 30,327. So their total for wounded is 30, over 30,000. Mm-hmm. So add to that 20,000 people that... We over 50,000. We forgot their file, or whatever their excuse is here. So that's a tremendous increase in, uh, in num- the number of wounded. I mean, that's... What is that like? That's almost a 100% increase. Almost. It's not quite. I mean, it's 70% or 66%, something like that. It's it's an incredible amount of people that they've hidden. I, I guess what they're probably, I, I don't know, they're probably trying to hide a certain amount of the numbers so it doesn't look as bad. That's what they're trying to do. I yeah. um, wonder how many know, people are dead we don't know about. Some of these people, maybe they don't have terrible brain trauma, just light brain trauma. I don't know, you know. Certainly not. I don't know. Brain trauma doesn't sound like fun to me. The number of brain injury cases, again, were tabulated from records kept by the VA and four military bases that house units that have served multiple combat tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. One base released its count of brain injuries at a medical conference. The others provided their records at the request of USA Today. In, in some cases, only after a Freedom of Information Act filing was submitted. So if USA Today hadn't have gone through the legal 
paperwork and the hoops in order to get their hands on these numbers, they would have kept them under wraps. So it's quite clear that they're making an effort to conceal this information. Uh, Soldiers and Marines whose wounds were discovered after they left Iraq are apparently not added to the official casualty list. Isn't that convenient? So as long as they don't catch the injury while they're on the sand in Iraq then uh, you're good to go. Ah, you're not injured, that's apparently. The yeah. Uh, the, uh, let's see, one of the Army's neurologists says, we're working to do a better job of reflecting accurate data in the official casualty table. Well, you keep working. Most of the new cases involve mild or moderate brain injuries, commonly from exposure to blasts. More than 150,000 troops may have suffered head injuries in combat, says, uh, believe it or not, they have a Congressional Brain Injury Task Force. I swear they have a task force for everything, Mark. Uh, he says, I'm wary that the number of brain-injured troops ex- far exceeds the total number reported injured. So we know there's at least 20,000 more, and could be more than that at this point. 1-800-259-9231. We'll jump into the email box here. Again, you can call in about anything. Fred emails in, uh, one of our uh, friends from here in Keene. He says, I was in the belly of the beast, as you may liken it, Washington, D.C., Now, I hope that Thanksgiving was good. Now, allow me to understand your position on a coercive government. If I think, or I think that I've heard you say or write that some government presence, as in minimal police and fire protection on a very small scale, is okay. If I'm correct, then tell me how you would pay for those services. In fact, how would you pay for any services that you believe to be necessary? This is where I get lost. And it's a good question. And if I have said in the past, and I know I have, that uh, a small government doing very, very bare minimum uh, duties, like like he mentioned, fire and, and police protection, would be okay with me, that's probably true. Preferable I did say to that. What, um, what we have. Preferable with... to the mo- monster government we have today. Uh, but that would only be a step on a, on a path for me. That would only be okay at that time. Uh, then I would want to move towards a full voluntary method. And uh, of, of paying for these things, a, a full marketization, if you will, of these services. I simply advocate that people be allowed to choose who provides them fire and police protection. Allow uh, competition in these areas where people in search of a profit can start up competing businesses and uh, and get customers, just like any other product or service that's, that's offered in the marketplace. Now, I understand it can be hard to envision how to get from here to there. In which case, one of my proposals, and this is just my idea, I'm sure somebody else has a better one, uh, but one of my proposals is you just turn over the department to the cops. Turn it over to the fire department. Say, here you go. Okay, here's how it's going to work. You get six more months of government funding, and then after that six months is up, you have to figure out how to make this into a profitable business entity. Here you go. Good luck. Here's a share. Each, Each employee gets a share of the business, including the building, the fire trucks, the police cars, and whatever other assets the uh, company should have. I have some ideas on this, too. We'll talk about it here in a moment. It's 800-259-9231. Love to hear from you as well about whatever you want. This is your show, live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want, toll free, 800-259-9231. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki with over 1,450 pages created by listeners just like you. You can go and get editing and get interactive at wiki.freetalklive.com, W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com. 
Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. So we're talking about the police and fire departments and how we could possibly transition from where we are today, which is total government control for the most part of those entities, to a marketplace, a competitive situation where anybody in search of a profit could enter into the game and offer their services on a voluntary marketplace basis, just like grocery stores do, just like insurance companies do, and anybody else in the in the regular world does. How can we get from here to there? Now, again, my proposal was that you don't want to leave these bureaucrats in the cold completely. I mean, these are people, they've got families, they've got bills to pay. So... I don't want to. Pro- I don't propose that we be harsh to them at all. Uh, it's just that they need to be encouraged to to start doing business on a voluntary basis in, in the marketplace, like everyone else, and start behaving like adults uh, instead of getting their funding from the government, which is of course coercively garnered through taxation. And I guess it's not necessarily the bureaucrats that aren't behaving like adults. It's uh, the people that are taking the money and giving it to them. That's the problem, nonetheless. They have a whole bunch of assets. They've got cop cars. They've got jails. They've got buildings. They've got offices. They've got stuff, and that stuff's worth money. So what you do is you take the department, in this case the police department, and you say, okay, we're going to set a date, and on this date it's going to be yours. All of this will be yours. And, uh, you know, you come up with some little system where they get a little share. Each employee, whether they're the highest administrator to the janitor, should, uh, in my opinion, should get an equal share. That way no one can bicker over, hey, that's not fair, I've been here longer, or whatever. Everybody gets an equal share, and then on that date, it becomes a completely uh, voluntary agency. It's no longer funded through government taxation. and They if, cease to get the checks. Exactly. They so, keep all their assets, they, they cease to get the checks. Right, so then let them figure out how to fund themselves. Everybody else can do it. And if they're offering a, a service that is is uh, valuable, and I think that, that they are, I think people want protection services. I think they want fire protection. I think they want protection from, from violent people. So if indeed they are offering a, a valuable service, people will line up to buy it from them. And that would be a, so much of a better situation than what we have today if they were operating in the marketplace, because then they would be dealing with customers instead of, you know, so-called citizens, which, of course, we all know that uh, as a citizen, the police department could give a flip about what happens to you and uh, your situation. But when you're a customer and you have the ability to withdraw your customership, to withdraw your money from, uh, from that company, then they all of a sudden will start treating people completely differently. Then instead of being the enemy and being a suspect, you'll be somebody who is uh, someone they want to work for, someone who they'll be happy to respond to, uh, to calls for, and that sort of thing. I think it would completely change the face of policing from this authoritarian, in-your-face sort of situation that we have today back to more of a peace officer status. Anyway, Mark, you said you had an idea. Well, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, p- police, I, I don't necessarily think that we need to uh, do away with police departments. I'm not of that same ilk. I would say you that... Mean, you, you, you mean uh, don't... You mean don't take it out of the hands of government? Right. Because I'm, I'm not proposing to get rid of the police department. I'm just proposing it no longer be government-run. Excellent. I, I don't propose that uh, we take it out of the hands of the government currently. Um, 
but I would say that there are definitely um, organizations that keep people safe and uh, solve crimes out there. There's you know private investigators who sure. I would say probably have a significantly better percentage of solving crime than uh, the police officers, simply because police officers aren't incentivized in the same way that private investigators are. How about bounty hunters uh, right. as far as picking up criminals? Sure. Um, I, there's also security companies where you could uh, – I, I bet you'd be significantly cheaper to uh, have a, a security company drive a car past your house to take a kind of a look. I'll bet they'd look a little harder, too, than the, than police officers do. Mm-hmm. I lived on a dead-end street in Sarasota, Florida. I never, never once hmm. saw a police officer on my section of the street Yeah, because they couldn't turn around. There was no cul-de-sac. I see cops uh, here from time to time, but only when they're stopped, uh, when they're parked down the street a little bit and watching for people running the stop sign. Right. And so they're not looking for criminals. That's what police they're are looking incent- for. incentivized to take care of. They're yeah. incentivized to take care of uh, the roads, um, traffic cop kind of thing, because they make money there. And of course, there. right, because that's where the money is. So turning it into a market paradigm would make it so they're actually incentivized to give you real customer service. But um, I, I think fire departments, there are private uh, or, you know, there, there are von- voluntarily funded fire departments in the United States. To think that are we there? can't absolutely. There's how uh, many of them are there? I don't believe there are very many. Not very many. Okay. Uh, most places, uh, even if even a voluntary force will get its uh, trucks and building and all that right. stuff. They get their money from the state through taxes. Yeah. Um, usually the local government. The government. That's um, what I meant. But there are plenty of places where, for instance, call it a poor community where the government doesn't uh, wish to raise the taxes or something like that, where they don't have as much – the fire department doesn't have as much stuff as it would like. Mm -hmm. They'll often hold all kinds of fundraising uh, things in order to get new equipment, different equipment, that kind of thing. So to think that fire departments – couldn't in some way or another operate uh, through fees, um, you know, fee for service and, uh, you know, and it's sort of insurance policy, that kind of thing. It's 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 crazy. Yeah, it is crazy to it's, think it's, that. It's, it's, it's you know it, what it it's intellectually dishonest. It's you're it's not slothful. thinking. It's yeah, slothful. You're not thinking rigorously if you think that fire departments. I mean, this Have is just to a be service. government. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, what about the flood departments? You know, wh- why isn't yeah. why isn't there a flood department in every um, right. community? It's dangerous. Stuff There's, does damage. Yeah, I mean, how, you your, can't your put house, it out either. Your, your house could be uh, flooded at any point too. Sure. Somehow we don't have these things. Now, certainly, fire more likely, especially up north where people burn wood and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it has to be the government. Is all it has. To, I mean, it, it wouldn't take too much, I would imagine, for a fire department to, uh, you know, offer the service of putting fires out. Think about it. I mean, it'd be a pretty profitable business for the most part as well. I mean. How many calls do, does the average fire department in a relatively average-sized city get a year for real fires, as far as like where they have to spend time and money uh, and employees putting out flames? Not that many. Not well, that more, many. more up north than down south, that's for sure. But still, I mean, it's not like half the town catches on fire. So most of the buildings are going to be okay year after year after year, and those occupants are going to be willing to pay because they don't want their building to burn down. Right. They're going to be willing to pay a f- whatever the amount is. I mean, if there's competition, that amount will be lower and lower, of course. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even for a couple hundred bucks for fire protection for an entire year, that seems like a reasonable thing. Uh, I would even, be willing to and, pay and that. And that's just assuming that a, an individual wants to pay the fire department. Don't you think that... Uh, Insur- insurance companies that offer fire insurance yeah. would want to have a, a you know business in town that they could contract with that would come and put out fires. Sure, that, doesn't that make perfectly good sense? 
Right, and then you'd be under contract instead of just, you know, pulling the fire alarm and hoping the, the firemen show up in time to, to do something. You could have a contract that specifies a minimum response time. You could have all kinds of specifications in there. You know, uh, I, I can't even envision it all because, again, I'm not a fire expert. I'm not the one in search of profit here. I'm not going to be the one setting up these fire uh, insurance businesses. And these are the hard ones. Look at, um, you know, running water in your house and garbage collection and all kinds of other stuff that the city and the county are involved in. Nuts. Yeah, get them out. Turn it over to the marketplace so we can actually have real customer service and uh, and, and, a, and a voluntary order. Because that's the way things are for the most part. It just needs to change with government. More on the way. Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. It is the live Saturday edition, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. If you're on the list, updates.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And... Would you like to pay higher prices for goods and services? Well, you do every time someone doesn't pay their bills. That's one of the many compelling reasons. SACL CAI has been at the cornerstone of collections for more than 35 years. Before you pay higher prices, think whether the business could use some help with their collections to contain costs so they're not passed on to you. Tell them to call the dedicated collections experts at SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. We go to the phones. To the fun, Justin in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Justin. Hi. Uh, you were talking about the police, and for the moment, the police can are pretty much getting away with murder. You know. They can and do. Sure. Well, that that safety net, historically speaking, is only lasts for so long until the political situation changes. What safety net are you speaking of? Well, historical examples. For example. Apartheid, the South African police used to really abuse their people, you know. But right now, a lot of the South African police officers that used to used to hit people in the head and abuse people's rights in, during apartheid uh, are now in prison. Mm-hmm. And, for example, another historical example is the SS. They did a lot of uh, crappy stuff in well, you know what happened after that, the Nuremberg trials. So are you suggesting that today's out-of-line police officers will someday uh, see the inside of a prison cell themselves? Well, if they keep going up and follow orders blindly, yes. I hope you're right, man. It's just not happening yet. And I, they really can't do much after the fact. I mean, down the line, uh, after the statute of limitations has passed, there's not really anything they can do. So I guess it depends on when the aggressions take place. Uh, when the violations take place and when the uh, the trials happen, or if they ever happen, and I don't see it happening anytime soon, at least well, not in this country. it might happen in the future. That's just the thing. Right now, they they have a safety net, you know. But if it gets worse and if it gets too extreme and something really bad happens and and the political situation changes, well, that safety net's going to be gone. You know, I'd be happy if the situation just changed. I personally am not necessarily looking for vindication. I'm not looking to uh, uh, to, to string these guys up. I mean, I think they would deserve it if they got it. But if, if I could choose between, 
you know, bringing a bunch of cops up on charges and changing the system to the point where the cops aren't like they used to be, to where we have this market-based paradigm that I was talking about with, with real yeah. competition uh, in the marketplace, then I would ch- choose the latter in a heartbeat and let all those other guys uh, go completely scot-free. I wish that was reality, but the system is just, the government's getting too big right now. And- well, no doubt. You won't find any disagreement on that point. Not from Not from us. Any other thoughts, Justin? Well, this country is becoming a police state, but a police state can only last for so long. That's true. An empire can only last for so long, and some would argue we are in the final days of this one. Thank you for the call, sir. 800-259-9231. Because, as Ron Paul has pointed out many a times, it just you just can't support it anymore. Financially, it can't be it can't be done. You know, and republics on average, last about 200 years, and mm-hmm. this one's lasted over Run that. over time, yeah. Uh, let's assume that, uh, that you're still calling it a republic, a republic at this point. Um, so I, I don't know what to say about that. You know, uh, we were talking about firefighters earlier, talking about uh, privatizing. or mm-hmm. I guess that's such a bad word. People, people don't have the right impression of that word. Marketizing. How about that? Okay. Uh, marketizing, firefighting, and the police. And here's another reason to do it, because... The firefighters in America are apparently going to be the new snitches. Now, we know the government has been looking for people to uh, sort of bring into its little tips program that they were talking about a few years ago, Mm -hmm. which they shelved because people were outraged by it. Essentially, what they were trying to do was get cable installers and, you know, people that uh, people that come at plumbers, that sort of thing, people that come into your home, try to recruit them into essentially being snitches for the government in that if they were to come in to do some repair and they notice something suspicious, they would call some sort of tip line or something and uh, and snitch you out. And uh, the American people were, were not ready for something like that. They were pretty upset by it, thank goodness. And so, again, the program was shelved. But now they're going to try to do it through the fire department. According to the Associated Press, firefighters in major cities are being trained to take on a new role as lookouts for terrorism, raising concerns of eroding their standard as American icons and infringing on people's privacy. Unlike police, firefighters, and emergency medical personnel don't need warrants to access hundreds of thousands of homes and buildings each year, Hmm. putting them in a position to spot uh, behavior that could indicate terrorist activity or planning. There are fears they could lose the faith of a skeptical public by becoming the eyes of the government, looking for suspicious items such as building blueprints or bomb-making manuals or materials. Since the September, I want you know I want my firemen keeping a lookout for fire hazards and that sort of thing. Well, but apparently they want to distract them with all this terrorist um, nonsense. Well, it, building blueprints. It makes me wonder, uh, you know, are they going to send the cops over to somebody who's a draftsman's house? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, bomb making materials. It it seems like they should keep their eye out for something like that. But what concerns me the most is once this gets through. It's going to be less than a year that they're, you know, required to snitch on people that they see their bongs or anything oh, yeah. like that. That's that's where this is going. Well, terrorists this, smoke has, marijuana. This has nothing to do with that's terrorism. That's what they say. It they has say everything that. to do with arresting Americans and well, uh, you you have know, to remember, their privacy. You have to remember, they've, they've been making the connections now for years on television with yep. their little anti-drug ads that have they've come right out and said, you know, don't buy drugs, they fund terrorism. So therefore, if there's a bong in the house, that's a high, according to government, that's a high indication there could be a terrorist there with, too. With that kind of reasoning, um, 
considering that uh, Osama bin Laden uh, was a CIA operative for for years, um, he was on the eh, payroll. Was well, he? maybe not an operative, but he was on the payroll. How's that? He was getting money and weapons from the CIA. Okay, there are some ties there. Yeah. So the government funds terrorism. Don't pay your taxes. Yeah, don't pay your taxes. I agree with I, that. I mean, you know, with that kind of logic, of course, if you don't pay your taxes, you're going to go to prison, which shows you, you know, just because what kind terrorists of an don't pay their taxes, Mark, which shows you what just what kind of an organization you're dealing with. Uh, since September 11th, terrorist attacks, Americans have given up some of their privacy rights in an effort to prevent future strikes. I love how that's written. It's 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 written as though Americans, like we all, just said, yeah, sure, government, screw go ahead. privacy. No, Americans didn't give up their privacy. It's government that has been infringing on our privacy. In an effort to prevent future strikes, the government monitors phone calls and emails. People who fly have their belongings searched before boarding and are limited in what they can carry. And some people have trouble traveling because their names are similar to those on terrorist watch lists. All of these things we've covered uh, to quite an extent on this show. Yep. The ACLU says using firefighters to gather intelligence is another step in that direction. Mike German, former FBI agent who's now the National Security Policy Council to the ACLU, said the concept is dangerously close to the Bush administration's 2002 proposal to have workers with access to private homes, such as postal carriers and telephone repairmen, report suspicious behavior to the FBI. He says that Americans universally abhorred that idea. And the Homeland Security Department apparently is testing a program with the New York City Fire Department to share intelligence information so firefighters are better prepared when they respond to emergency calls. Homeland Security also trains the New York City Fire Service on how to identify material or behavior that may indicate terrorist activities. If it's successful, the government intends to expand the program to other metropolitan areas. And you can better believe that... They, they're they not going to need to, they say if it's successful, they're not going to need to actually catch a terrorist. All they're going to need to know is that the fire department guys are actually snitching. Like if the fire department guys are snitching, then it's a successful program. Doesn't matter if they're snitching on anything important. Yeah, what indicates success here? Right. As part of the program, which started last December, Homeland Security gave secret clearances to nine New York fire chiefs. According to reports obtained by the AP, they're really doing technical inspections, and perchance they find something like, you know, a bunch of RPG rounds in somebody's basement. I think it's a no-brainer, said uh, the senior official in the Homeland Security Intelligence Division. Are RPG rounds uh, illegal in America? Is it illegal to have incendiary devices here? I don't think so. You can buy grenades and stuff and have those in your, you know, if you want, in your garage. Well, I don't know. That it, I'm, I'm certain that they're illegal somewhere, um, but... I don't right. think they should be if, more, if the Second Amendment's still in play. Yeah, more coming up, 800-259-9231. Well, that might be going away soon, too. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday show. You can take control of the airways via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us. On our website at freetalklive.com, if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can go shopping with us. It is that time of year, after all. Black Friday, of course, kicked off the holiday shopping season, which means retailers everywhere are putting their wares on sale and trying to get you to buy them. Well, I say, don't bother going to the stores. 
go to Amazon.freetalklive.com. You know Amazon. They're the world's largest Internet retailer. They've got super prices already, and I'm sure they've got some deals going on right now uh, for the holiday season. Just enter through that link, and Free Talk Live gets a cut of whatever you buy. It can be a used item even. 41 categories to shop in. Start your shopping experience. Amazon.freetalklive.com and Free Talk Live gets a cut. We go to the phones here. We're talking about uh, apparently there's a new federal homeland security program to train firefighters on how to snitch pe- uh, snitch on people, people like you and I, that they deem to be suspicious. Uh, let's go to the phones. Talk to Rich in Indianapolis, listening on WXNT. Hey, Rich. How are you guys doing? Great. What's on your mind? Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you a question about the, the snitch. Sure. Um, would it be a snitch if a fireman happened to respond to a call, you know, a legitimate call on a home, and uh, while he was there, he noticed that um, there was some child pornography, and he no- notified the authorities, and that, uh, you know, piece of crap child pornographer was arrested and, uh, you know, thrown in, in prison or... Well, if somebody's actually harming other people, then I think that there's uh, there's something to be said for that. Uh, in the case of well, a child a pornographer... Snitch? Would he be a snitch? Would he be a snitch? That was my question. I don't think so. No, I, I do right. think that... It um, just be somebody doing the right thing, right? I think snitching is, uh, is a factor when you're dealing with a so-called crime that, in my opinion, is not necessarily a crime. And forcing children to have sex on videotape is absolutely, uh, you know, certainly a criminal act. Uh, the, the, whole, the issue of possessing it, on the other hand, I think I'll, I'll have to disagree with that. If it's just some perv, then I don't think that that's really something that... I think that's something you should just leave alone. Uh, the guy might be a weirdo or whatever, but I don't think putting him in a jail cell is going to solve his problem. I'm not sure I agree with that. Well, well, that's that's a crime in and of itself. Watching, you know, child pornography. If somebody found it and they destroyed it immediately, you know, if they put it in their VCR or DVD player and it came up child pornography and they didn't destroy it immediately and they kept it and watched it, that would be a crime against the child again. Well, there are cases in the United States where people who try to uh, turn in this stuff do get convicted of it. What about um, somebody who has... Yeah, it's wrong. Um, what about somebody who has, uh, you know, how uh, realistic computers can make uh, people look these, you know, they can make, uh, you know, uh, cartoons look. Um, what if somebody has uh, cartoon images of uh, kids copulating? They should be horsewhipped. Yeah. They should be, or and publicly hung and horsewhipped. Okay? Why are you so violent, right. sir? Because you guys are sick, man. That's sick to even say that, okay? To say what? Sick to say that to somebody say should that. be left to alone? Say- no, to, 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 to try to defend somebody making images of children, whether they're animated images, computer-aided. Why would you ever want to advocate somebody making images Oh, whoa, whoa. I'm not children, advocating they do it. I've got more questions for You're Rich. You're advocating it by saying that it's okay and they should be left alone. No, no, Rich, I asked you a question. Uh, Rich, I asked you a question. I didn't advocate anything. Now, what if somebody wrote a story? Like, for instance, the uh, novel by the guy who wrote uh, Garp. I can't remember his name. Irving, I think that was his last name. Um, The Hotel New Hampshire had uh, young people having sex together in it. Um, Would you suggest that he should be locked up because he wrote about it? Well, you'd have to elaborate more. What do you mean by young people? Um, 12 year olds, how about that? Okay, well, it, it, it doesn't matter in that specific instance. How about I wrote a book um, that, you know, had you pick the age, 9, 12, whatever. Um, I wrote a work of fiction um, and did that. Would you suggest that I should be horsewhipped, hung, till dead? 
Middletown? If you were if you were writing, let's say let's say you were writing an autobiography, and you were writing about something that happened to to you or to a friend of yours, and you were writing it in that context. No, no, this is fiction. Fiction, sir. As a matter of fact, this is pure purient fiction. This is fiction okay. written for the purpose of um, in titillation. Titillation, yes. Okay, well then, yes, you should be horsewhipped. I'm sorry. Why I just, are you I, against I can't, freedom, I can't sir? Agree with you. Because you don't advocate sex between. That's not advocation. No one's advocating you know. anything. It's just uh, somebody writing a fantasy wait, story. Oh, hold on. Sir. Do you think that? Do you think that authors? Uh, hold on, just okay, wait, Rich, Rich, in Rich, in a, Rich, Rich. Ahead, little critical thinking here, real quick, Rich. Sorry, little critical thinking. Do you think that people that um, write mystery novels, murder mysteries, do you think they're advocating murder? There's a there's a difference between I, 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 taking taking a, an an act of violence and somebody making a movie for the purposes of entertainment and and making a movie about a murder and, and a lot. I'm not of sure that we're talking about truth. movies, but okay. Right. Oh, oh, well, you said a work. A work could be a movie or something. Okay. Well, we were, we had previously been talking about books, so I thought we were right. still on the book. Um, but do you understand well, that? Well, actually, I was talking about movies to begin with. Fine. Not about well, books. movies, you, you know, they fall in this whole other realm because you've got to have actors mm-hmm. and how old are the actors and that kind of thing. That's why I was going with books because one, okay. I can sit well, there and write, and it's it, it's convenient for the purposes well, of why this. Why would you? Why would you want to write a book about nine-year-olds having sex? Why would I want to write a book uh, about um, you know people hacking somebody up with a chain with a chainsaw or machete? People want to read it. So, sir, well, there's a dif- there's okay there there's a difference between uh, um, hacking somebody up with a machete and having sex with children. Okay, a crime against a child. Both crimes are hideous and they're both wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, but but a crime against a child. A child is a precious thing. If you were sitting in a coffee shop next to me and I was with my children and I heard you discussing with your friend, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm writing a book about uh, some kids all sitting around having sex, I would probably tell you to shut up and not talk that way in front of my kids. And if you didn't, if it meant going to jail, I'd probably pummel your face into the ground. If that makes me a violent person, it makes me wanting to stand up for children. And, and I can't believe you guys, a lot of the things you advocate are kind of silly and they're funny and humorous. I don't agree with what you're saying, but some of them are harmless, okay? Those are, those are your ideas. But there's a difference between, between saying that it would be okay to write about kids having sex. So you're saying, okay? let me see if I've got you straight You understand that here. they do that, right? Like that there are books out there right now about people, you know, Look, that it's yeah, legal. lots of things out there. Well, let's not talk about what's out there. Lots okay, I just, I, I, we're just trying I, to we're understand. Just making it clear. Now, Rich, suppose... In the past. Let's, not tell, let's deal with right now from this point on. You should not have a right to, to put down in paper, in print, in, in animation form, anything that deals with children having sex. It's so basically, you are not sex. in the favor of freedom of speech. You, right, you don't you, like the First Amendment? You don't care about free speech. Freedom of speech. And that's not oh, what yes, it sir, is. it is. No, yes, it is. The freedom of speech down on a piece wasn't, of paper? It wasn't put there to protect um, you know, convenient speech or popular speech. It was there to um, put there to protect inconvenient and The stuff you don't want to read. The stuff I've that's yucky. I've that, that liberal um, uh, point of view before, and I, I'm sorry to tell you, but uh, the founding fathers... And, and first of all, I don't care what the Constitution says, okay? That's what fine. clear. Many people right. don't. And what's wrong? Because the Constitution has been wrong before, just like it slammed non-whites. And you guys know that, too. Okay, so what do I care about a document that slammed anybody that wasn't white? Okay, now um, okay. I got some more questions along this uh, children are precious uh, thought process. Now, rather than writing a book that is um, of sexual interest, suppose I write a book about a mass murderer who only kills children. Now I know these people have existed, um, but suppose mine's an, an entirely fictional character. Does that fall into the same category? 
I mean, I, I mean, I, I, tough I, question. I, Trying to do some critical thinking here, uh, Rich. No, no, and, and that's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm certainly one for asking questions to expose people's bad ideology. I, I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. What, what I was specifically dealing with. If you want to talk about other crimes against children, I think that's fine. But, but so only sex. That's the okay, only thing that's on. repugnant to you. No, 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 no. I just said all crimes against children are okay. bad. So we but, should not be able to write all, a fantasy story well, about okay. killing children. That should okay. be against May the law, too? May I answer too? your question? It's your show. It's your show. Go ahead. You dictate the rules. May I answer your question? Please, I, I want to hear you your answer. Go ahead. Yeah, go. Okay, all right. Okay, you, the, the question was, would it be okay for you to write a book about that? My question to you, and as an answer to yours, are there more people trying to kill kids in this country or have sex with them? I'd and say the answer is there's more people trying to have sex with kids. Okay? I would concur. So you agree? You didn't yeah. answer the question, though, sir. I said I wanted to answer it with a question. Well, you said he, that he would did. Be all right. he, and now I've answered that question. So what's the okay. um, so so what is the answer to the question then? The answer to the question is is that we should not have a culture. Um, apart from from writing works of fiction that deal with crimes against children, okay. First of all, you 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 said children having sex, okay. I so, did originally, so, yeah. Right, right. But now you're talking about killing children, right? Okay. It should be wrong to live in a culture where the mindset of somebody would would be to write a, a piece of work that is for the purposes of entertainment. We we this country's been around for a long time, and a lot of good things came about from it. And there were lots of actors before the filth that we have today that did many works of art and plays and dance. I'm sorry we're short on time, but I mean, it's the break. Thank you, Rich. Can you answer the question about should people be allowed to write about killing kids? Yes, it would be wrong. Thank you. So there should be a law against that, too. Wow, you're sick. Thanks for the call. Hour three's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program, the live Saturday edition of the show. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you to take control of the airwaves is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Mark, I want to come back to the issue of free speech and a lot of the, the just the misconceptions that that last caller had that we weren't really able to address with him on the line. But we've got calls, so I'm going to go to those first. So don't let me forget that. Let's go to JR in Indianapolis listening on WXNT. Hey, JR. Yes. Um, first, I want to kind of qualify this and say that um, I have been a libertarian, a voting libertarian, since 1979. Excellent, sir. And I, I use you guys to help feed me and uh, make me feel better about being a libertarian. <laughs> Very good. You're not the only one out there. Yes. Now, here's the, this dilemma that I come across that would be an interesting discussion for you guys. Okay. All right. A pharmacist, should a pharmacist be allowed purely on moral reasons not to fill a prescription for somebody? Uh, absolutely, as long as he owns the pharmacy. Right. I don't have any problem with a person who, uh, even uh, for for that matter, a clerk behind the counter that works for the pharmacist. I don't think that that person should be required to uh, do to to fill a um, uh, you know uh, uh, any kind of order that they don't they don't feel right. Well, now morally. wait a minute, Mark. If it's their job 
and they don't own the pharmacy mm-hmm. and they've accepted that job, then they need to do the order or they can quit the job. Right. Right. Or, so, the, or the pharmacist could say, you know, uh, well, it's a good employee otherwise, um, but I'm going to go ahead and sell or whatever. But I don't think that a person should have to do anything that they morally um, don't feel like they um, want to well, do. Well, right. yeah, but see, a, a doctor, a doctor, a licensed doctor has mm-hmm. prescribed this person prescription mm-hmm. and he expects to have it filled for his patient okay so find someone who's willing to fill it i'd like to well, point out that that's i th- the, that's the dilemma there you know there should be another farm uh, drugstore in town. Someone in town is going to fill that prescription if, for you. If They're going to want that money. If Walgreens and CVS have anything to say about it, there will be one on each each corner that they could just walk across the street to. Right. Sure. And aside sure. from that, the other issue with prescriptions is should they exist in the first place? And I say no. Uh, essentially, prescriptions create kind of a gray market, uh, especially for products that are in high demand, like uh, hydrocodone-based products and you know other other uh, painkillers and that sort of thing. Sure. But by having the uh, the prescription status on products, they're essentially restricted. You have to go and beg a doctor and pay a doctor for his time in order to get permission to have those products, which makes them more valuable, which means that the uh, the criminals and the gangsters can literally knock over uh, trucks. They, they will waylay uh, prescription trucks and steal all of their cargo and then sell that on the black market. Some of these pills go for as high as $20 a pill. Mm. If we were to take away the prescription process and just simply allow patients to decide for themselves, and they certainly would be free to consult with a doctor, uh, you know, well, decide good. on their own what decisions and uh, what they put into their body. That would go a long way to eliminating, uh, you know, a lot of the crime associated with uh, prescription narcotics and also make them more affordable. Now, well, the reason why I mention this is because uh, what has happened that got me thinking about this and I heard about it is that New Jersey has passed a law requiring all pharmacists to fill all prescriptions, yeah. regardless of moral ground. Yeah, leave it to New Jersey. Well, you know, and mm. that's one of those arguments that could go either way. I mean, sure, a patient has the right to have their prescription filled. And the perfect example, as I can think about that, is a devout Catholic filling a birth control pill sure. prescriptions for a young girl. You don't have right. a right. I, right. I, I don't think the patient... I think that a person can reasonably expect that their um, prescription will be filled, but I don't think you have a right to um, to have that. For you know, in in a sense that rights are only things that you that come from within you, and you there are you have no rights that obligate me to do something right. any more than I have to pay for um, your socialized health care or to make sure that you have a job. You don't have a right to your prescription being filled, and so therefore, no, I, oh, I would yeah. disagree. But see, here's the deal with that, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the pharmacist is making a judgment on this little 16-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Right. She's thinking that the reason why she's getting it is for birth control. Right. But maybe that's not true. Maybe the doctor, the reason the doctor is is prescribing this prescription is because she's having menstrual problems. Right, uh, absolutely. My wife, also my wife has to take them. Yeah. So see, he is making a moral judgment against this 16-year-old girl for the wrong reason. Look, I'm, I'm He may be you. mistaken, and I support people's right to be mistaken. Mistakes yeah. come from the inside, and he's right to be mistaken. I, I think it's silly to not fill a prescription. I, I mean, I'm with you on that. I just think that it's their prerogative. I mean, they chose to be a pharmacist. Uh, they can choose where they want to work. If they want to work at a fr- place that's friendly to that sort of thing, then that's up to them. Nobody can force them to be a pharmacist. So, I mean, for instance, if you want to take it to the absurd, imagine a, a, you know, a little town where there's you know, a 
handful of places you can go to get prescriptions filled, but a law is passed to where the, you know, the similar law is the New Jersey thing where it says you must fill these prescriptions no matter what. Well, what happens if uh, all of a sudden the supply of pharmacists dries up? What if the pharmacists say, you know what, we don't really want to be pharmacists anymore. Can we force them to be pharmacists? Of course not. So let's let the market decide on this one. Yeah, and on the other, yeah, and on the other hand of that is the vast majority of pharmacies in the United States are privately owned. Mm. They're privately owned businesses, and they have the right to refuse service to anybody they see fit. Sure. As it should be. And, you know, I think, that, I, I think that people could be doing the wrong thing if, for instance, a roofer decided he didn't want to work on somebody's house because of their color. I would say that that roofer is wrong. I may boycott and never use that roofer. I may tell people Absolutely. about um, that roofer. I sure would. And uh, what I think about his practices. However, I would defend um, his right to only serve the people he wants to serve. JR, good call. Thanks for it. We hope to hear from you again. 800 259-9231 as we go to Mike in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Mike. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, um, I wanted to talk about the police thing. You know, I've been holding it for a long time, but uh, when you talk about the Constitution, two callers back, the guy that was upset about the books about kids or whatever. Yeah, yeah Rich. Okay, he's a freaking retard, all right? <laughs> well, he's, he's got an extreme opinion, and that's why I wanted well, to flesh it no, out. I, I'm, I'm going to eventually compliment him, but he's a retard. He said we should throw the, you know, the Constitution out with the bathwater, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that and, if we're gonna, if you're gonna get rid of the Constitution, you need to amend it through the, the 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 system that there is, or have your state secede. One of the two. Our founding fathers used a word that we no longer use today. It's called decency. The whole Constitution is about a Christian value called "Do unto your neighbor as you want to be done unto you." Correct. I, I, I don't know if the Constitution's seems, Christian, but... I, we shouldn't even use the word Christian because you hate that. Why would you say... I'm not, I don't hate Christians. I just don't think that the uh, Constitution is explicitly Christian, considering that many of the men behind it were deists. No, no, no. Let's not get into that. Uh, do unto others as you want done unto you, basically, is what the Constitution's about. It's, it's, it's a about good, libertarian. It, it's about, you know, you can't just go around and killing people because... That's your religion or something like that, right? Well, what the Constitution's actually about is it's a set of rules for government to follow. It really doesn't have anything to do with what you and I uh, can and can't do. The Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights is is, is is restriction on government as to what they can do as far as your freedoms. It, it, exactly. It names and, your and, rights. And, and decency is something that's being left out today. Because decency means respect. Respecting other people. When you respect other people, you won't violate their rights, and they won't violate your rights. It's common sense. Sure. I mean, Thomas Paine, if he existed today, would be writing letters after letters of common sense and how ridiculous we've come where we're degrading our fellow man, our fellow citizen, for our rights, but we degrade his rights. And that is not anything to do with what this country is founded on. It's founded on um, a liberty. And that's where we get uh, libertarian, is liberty. Right, and that liberty get... includes the liberty to write offensive, uh, write and create offensive uh, things, words, stories, and images. And it's, it's absolutely outrageous that somebody would suggest uh, an individual be put in a jail cell or hung or burned uh, because they, they created something offensive in, in America. Well, it, offensive is one topic. Decency is another topic. Well, now, if, if offensive you, and decency sounds similar if to me. Selling, if you're selling child pornography, 
I think you should be hung from the nearest light pole. Bring him back. Okay. Yeah, I want to bring you back, Mike. If you'll hang on, 800-259-9231. Because I'm going to ask you a similar similar question we asked Rich. Uh, if you should hang someone who's selling child pornography, what about the story version of that? Can you write a child porn story and sell that in America? More on in, in Mike's America, I guess. 800-259-9231. And this is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. And you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a bulletin board system with over 300,000 posts for you to surf around through serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Liberty Forum will be held January 3rd through the 6th. That's coming up at the Crown Plaza Hotel and Resort in Nashua, New Hampshire, with a free shuttle from nearby Manchester International and a special rate for Liberty Forum attendees. This is a sweet deal you don't want to miss. Register now at freestateproject.org. That is, uh, excuse me, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, and use the code 2008FTL if you want to save 10%. That is 2008FTL, all one word, by the way, at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. We are talking about an issue that's going to raise a number of hackles. Yep. Uh, people are going to it's get upset. sensitive, sensitive issue. They're going to get emotional, and it's important to keep a cl- as clear a head as possible when listening to or, or t- discussing this. Uh, we're talking talking about the issue of free speech, especially when it comes to yucky things like uh, child pornography, for instance. And we just, uh, we're just we still on the line with Mike in Montana, and the phones are blowing up on this. So we're going to have to wrap up your thoughts here, Mike. I just want to explore this, uh, this venue with you here for a moment. Mike's on from uh, KGEZ Land out in Montana. Now, you said a moment ago that you think that someone who is selling child pornography should be strung up from a light pole. Did I get that yeah, right? What I'm sa- well, think about it. Okay, it's children. Their rights are being violated because some adult... Well, now, is, hold on. Um, now, 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 wait. Do you mean whatever. the person who created the child porn or just somebody who's, like, distributing it or selling it or something? Anybody involved in it. Now... Okay, uh, now, hold on. Let's get some definitions here. I wanted to I wanted to, to drift this over to the police thing. Well, we're not we're not letting you go yet. I'll let you get there, but I want to explore this child okay. porn thing for a moment here. Now, I wanted let's... to talk about how you wanted Blackwater to run our police operation. No, I don't uh, want that. No, sir. Well, no, they no, no, no. said pri- privatization. No, that's I, I used the wrong word. Marketization is what I meant. We can talk about that in a moment. Let's explore the child porn thing uh, real quick. I just want to understand what you mean by child porn. Now, if I'm selling pictures of uh, my, and it doesn't usually have to be sold. Um, I mean, would you say that the person just giving away child porn should also be strung up? Well, one of the problems we have in our society is the fact that there are some high crimes from the highest levels of government to your local level that are being committed without just punishment. And what happens, especially with child uh, crime against children, the children um, are suffering because we're continually allowing these criminals to prey upon children, put them in jail for two years. Think about that. What was that guy out here this way that was caught here in Montana? Was Duggan or Dugan or something like that? Do you remember this? Was that the the, the uh, polygamist? No, no. Um, the guy that uh, had a history of raping children. I don't recall. Boys. No, sorry. Not sure. Uh, Duncan. Duncan. He... 
he um, he killed a family, took the two kids, he brought them to uh, uh, St. Regis here in Montana out in the Lolo Forest, well, and he continually raped the boy and the girl. And killing and rape are real crimes, and those should be punished as such. I want to explore the child porn issue, and I don't want to get sidetracked from it. Uh, so well, my question you know, was... You know the history of child porn. They're being raped, and a lot of times they kill them and discard of the bodies. That's why I want to understand what your definition of child porn is before I can comment, all right? So I'm going to ask you a series of questions just so we can lay the ground, uh, ground level here. All right, so would somebody who's just giving away child pornography, should they be strung from a light pole? Yes. Okay, great. Now, um, since that's the way most of it's distributed, it's just traded on the internet. Now, I uh, would, you know, when now, I think on, about Mark, this, I want to ask these questions. I, I understand. Here. I've got, I've got one for him too. I, th- what about a person? Now, now, you understand that the term child porn is subjective, right? No, any. Uh, now, now at home, my mom has a picture of me in the bathtub with um, my two cousins, and I'm completely naked, and I'm probably about four years old. Would you consider that child porn? No, but many, I mean, many I mean, people would, you, would, would you? sir. Do you understand? No, many. You, you, oh yes, there are it. people sitting in prison right now for this crap. I'm telling you, I've read the stories. Absolutely. I've been on the air. And the problem is, is that we give license to these law enforcement agencies to decide what it is. You, you see, you use these terms like well, decency. Well, here, here, and here's, here's the pro- here's the problem. Guys like you and guys like me fail to stand up and 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 want and and desire and and demand that the real child pornographer and the real child rapist be hung from the light pole. He got off the hook, and so the public is just disgusted with this. And when somebody comes up, like you said, with a with a picture that is just about kids running around the swimming pool or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and and it gets it, it, the pendulum swings way the other way because we're failing to keep the pendulum in the middle. You know, it's our fault as a society um, – Failing to keep things right. We, we have allowed them well, to get excused. Society can't actually have a fault. It's individuals that have faults. But let me see if I, I can also... I, I still want to nail down a couple definitions. Then why here. have so, a radio show? Why talk to the society? Why I'm talking to individuals. That... This is uh, Individuals are listening to my voice right now, not society. So uh, well, here's my question again. Massive individuals if, if, a on. one, if a picture of a three-year-old in the bathtub naked is not child porn, is a picture of a 16-year-old girl having sex child porn? Um, well, many states, 16 is the age of consent. Yes, sex, but, the, but not all of them, porn. All of them, um, the, the, the age of consent for having your picture taken is 18. I don't care about the, you know, the, the laws in the state. I want to know what Mike thinks is child porn. Is that child porn? I don't think it's child porn. How about what? 14? The girl, the girl is obviously um, puberty, um, but if she is being... Let me tell you, sir, your, your butt would be in jail or, or, if you had a picture like that, because a lot of people do. Uh, the cops absolutely think that's child porn. But here's another one. Here's a tough one for you. What about pictures of little kids, maybe uh, you know, an eight-year-old girl in a bikini? What about that? Yeah, child porn? I, no. Uh, you mean, come on. Let, but, what, 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 hold on. What if she's spreading her legs? Today? Hold on. What Where's if she's spreading her legs in the bikini? Well, okay. Now, here, here, where we're going is um, in a vulgar sense. I don't want to go there. Let's talk about the police thing. All right, go ahead, because you got no answers for me. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, so what happens when you got to the highest bidder deal is me and my neighbors we're not going to be able to afford the police. Only the very rich. Here in <laughs> Sir, do you here understand how the marketplace works? When uh, different business entities enter into competition, prices go down. 
well, it's called I'm competition you, in I'm, the marketplace. Let me tell you something right now. My boss makes $180 million per year. He makes $25,000 per hour. He must you do something very I valuable. A whole, uh, well, he owns, he, he, well, I'm not going to say what he owns, but anyways, here in Montana where I live, is some of the wealthiest of the Fortune 500 reside in my community. Yeah, because it's, it's nice. They, they would be guarded, and I wouldn't. Well, they would be guarded more thoroughly than you would, in the same way that they ride in a car that is um, likely better than the one that you ride in. Their level of security would be well, better. But they also need a higher level of security right. because they're rich and more people would want to take things Most from them. Most people don't need a full 24-hour guard. Uh, they don't need to pay for that but kind you don't of have it security. Now. Most people are okay with just locks on their front door and Actually, then low, someone they low, can call low, in, the, in an emergency. Profile. Low profile is the best security. When you got sure. a bunch of SUVs running around with guys with trench coats and, and yeah. dark sunglasses and earbuds, well, people take notice. But when some guy's walking around in a sweatshirt and blue jeans... Maybe you should start a security company, sir. Sounds like a good idea. Thanks for the call, Mike. We appreciate the conversation. Unfortunately, he doesn't have a grasp of how the marketplace responds to consumer demand. If people are demanding products and services, people in search of profit find an affordable way to bring it to them. That's how it works. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is a live Saturday edition of the program. If you're on hold, we will get to you. Phones are loaded up. People want to talk about this uh, very controversial issue, freedom of speech, child pornography, pornography in general. Uh, should it be restricted? Should people even be able to... We had a caller last hour who said people shouldn't even be able to write stories involving children uh, in a pornogra- pornographic manner. So if you want to chime in on this, 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Live streams are there, broadband version and dial-up versions, both for you for free at freetalklive.com. The new Zero Blaster shoots smoke rings up to 12 feet with a blue LED light to light them up. You can get the Zero Blaster, a Mega Blaster, or a Mini Blaster. Get your blaster at zerotoys.com. That's zerotoys.com. As we go to the phones and talk to Claudia. Ladies first, Claudia in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. How are you doing? Great, Claudia. Uh, What's on your mind? First, first question I want to ask you, are you a Christian? I am not, but I was. Okay. And I, I didn't think so. I'm not either. <laughs> uh, the reason I am saying that is because this is not about the Constitution. Child pornography is not about the constitutional right. Child pornog- pornography is about morals, and it is an immoral act. It is immoral to look at it, to watch it, to print it, to do any of those things. I would, if you I would agree with Christian, you. I, I absolutely would agree with you. Sure. I don't think you have to be a Christian to agree with that. Well, that is what it's about. It has nothing to do with the constitutional right of someone to do it. Well, it does if we you're going. It does, to Claudia. It does if you're going to punish somebody for it by using the state, and that's really the issue. And that's what we're trying to define here. We're trying to decide what defines child pornography and what doesn't. Now, I would. I would say that it, it's fine with me if people get locked up for looking at what I consider real, live, honest-to-goodness child porn. The problem is, is when we leave um, police officers to decide this on their own, 
we do have on multiple occasions in the recent past here in the United States put people in jail for taking pictures of their own children in the bathtub. We put teenagers in jail for I having know, sex with I each know. other. Exactly. Well, the the thing about it is, of course, there's always going to be extremism, no matter how you go, no matter uh, on anything. That's the thing. Even with uh, I fought years ago for women's rights, but that has been turned around to an extreme, and it that is exactly what our society is doing, and what this uh, uh, government is doing to basically to turn things into the way they want it to go. Because by doing that, then it is confusing to people on what they should do, mm-hmm. on morals, on their thinking. It's all about confusing the people on know- not knowing what to do. Now, Claudia, you used to uh, um, you know fight for women's rights. Now, Paul exactly. was pretty clear that uh, women should be subservient to their husbands and shouldn't leave the house without their heads being covered. What do you think about that? That's not so. That's not so. That is. That's not so. Okay. That is and. Um, when you say something like that, as far as I was a fighter of rights, whether it be women's rights, whether it be any rights, it's just like if you are talking about right now, you are fighting for rights. It just so happened that during that time, these were the things that were being fought for to give a woman a right to work, a right to make a choice of what she wanted to do. So the Bible, you're saying the Bible doesn't say that, uh, Claudia? Because that's what you meant when you said Paul, right, Mark? The Bible, but Paul. You are, see, the thing about it is you are doing, as a lot of non-Christians or as a lot of Christians even do, you're pulling one little, one little verse out of the Bible and using that. Well, See, you uh, have how would to you read the whole Bible and you have I've to read the whole thing the whole multiple Bible. occasions, Claudia. I've read it on multiple occasions. I spent nine years in prison. There wasn't a lot to read in some places. Did you? Well, that's fine. That's then that's good. <laughs> okay, so, so I know what's going on in the Bible. I was raised in a Christian home. I went to um, Christian school. I went. I even taught Sunday school. So why are you not a Christian now? I just I just can't believe the stories. The stories? Yes. Yeah, it's just fantasy. It's made up. It's just fairy tales. Stuff in a book. It's an old book. Now, Are Mark, you, you say that you say that's in there. She says it's not. Well, no, she says she says that uh, there's some greater picture, and I'm trying to decide what the greater picture for women's right, rights is well, amongst Christians. Well, we're not on women's rights. You guys have turned this around. We're not. I just asked you a question. I thought we got. We I thought talking. we got complete on you, you and I the got Christian complete thing on up. the uh, the uh, um you know the issue of child porn and that sort of thing because we agreed with you it was immoral. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So what is, should the punishment be, um, in your mind, for, uh, for, child pornog- for possessing child pornography? Well, I don't believe in... in um... <laughs> Maybe I should... <laughs> I believe in the old way. They What's... should be castrated. Castration? Yes. Wow. For possession of child porn? Yes, I... Okay. Well, what if they I do it again? The... I can't say the... Pos... Well, you, uh, you take away their... Uh... <laughs> Why so barbaric? I mean, uh, Claudia, why not just uh, come up with some more creative ways to handle the situation, like ostracism, not giving them uh, somewhere to work, uh, not selling to them when they come in to buy things from you, uh, spreading the word about those people? Why do we have to resort to violence? Is that Christian to to be violent? That's not. Yeah, it is very much so. Oh, okay. uh, Thank you for confirming one of the reasons why I don't want anything to do with that religion. Uh, uh, See, I don't believe in prison either. (laughs) You don't don't believe in prison? It's certainly not not biblical. Okay. 
I do not believe in prison. I do not believe in capital punishment. I do well, not believe in that. So wait, capital punishment means death or beatings? Death or beatings, either one. So cutting someone's um, genitalia off doesn't qualify as capital punishment in your book? Well, it's, you know, if there was a, uh, more of that, all, all, all that would take would be just a few times of doing that, and then everybody would be thinking twice about doing oh, it. Oh, I think I you're wrong, I sweetie. disagree. I don't think that the punishments necessarily deter everyone in the same way that we have uh, the death penalty now and people still murder people. Let's say you could wave a magic wand, and tomorrow all of the child pornography disappeared from the face of the planet. Uh, what if someone was caught... Uh, self-pleasuring to a Sears catalog open to a page with children in underwear. Should that be a crime, too? I'm not saying it should be a crime. I'm Hmm. saying what I am saying, if you brought back morals, then it doesn't, you don't have to worry about crime. As in... That's many, a very strange, years. bizarre answer. But no. I'm talking about the real world where uh, people do have morals. They just have different, you know, they have maybe have no, differing sets have of morals. morals. That's what's happened. They have walked away from the Christian Is it possible? Now, here's a question for you. As an atheist, I'm curious. Is it possible to not be a Christian and have morals? What do you yes. think? It is. Okay. Yes. Very good. So Christianity yes. not required for morals. I'm glad you agree with that because it's a sensible position to take, Claudia. Thank you for the call All tonight. Right. 800-259-9231. We continue as we go to Bill in Indianapolis listening on WXNT. Hey, Bill. Hi. Um, either all pictures of children should be banned, period, or they should all be accepted. This idea of defining pornography, it's impossible. You're asking very good questions, and these people can't answer it. And I'm the first to admit that I can't define pornography if I see it. I don't know if it's there. And, wh- and I, want, I got a question for Rich, and I got a question for Mike. They're so good at horse-whipping people and, and stringing them up at the lights. Mm-hmm. I want to know what they would do if they happened upon two children having a little bit of uh, self-discovery yeah. with each other. <laughs> Like what we used to call playing doctor. Now, are they going to horsewhip those children? That's a fine question. Thank you very much. No, hey, yeah, well, thank you for the call. So here's something else I wanted to ask Rich, but I didn't get a chance since we're uh, we're in the uh, let's ask Rich a question when he's not here phase. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> Poor Rich. What? He, just... he said that anybody. He said that anybody in possession of so-called child pornography, and as we found out, there's no real way to figure out what that means. But anybody, anybody in the possession of such things should be strung from a light pole or hung and whipped and burned or whatever, whatever, some awful, uh, harmful thing done to them. What about the police? Because when the, you bust somebody for child porn, they, Who keeps co- it? they collect the evidence and it gets examined. I mean, they have to look at it to determine whether it's child pornography or not. They probably look at it again before they put it on trial and... I mean, if it's in the custody of the police, there's certainly the chance that they could be looking at it whenever they want to, because, I mean, they're the cops, right? They, it's not illegal for them to look at child porn, at least in their official capacity. Maybe it's illegal on the off hours. But uh, while they're in the office, it's apparently completely legal for them, isn't it? Isn't that a little strange? I mean, if no one should be able to look, then what about the cops? Can you answer that? 800 259 This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Sagal CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. 
Once again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then head on over to the Amplifier program. Go to amp.freetalklive.com, learn more. You'll find out that for as little as $3 a month, you can help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations across the country and thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. You'll get perks, too, like access to the Amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at Amp. .freetalklive.com, still in the middle of a discussion about a topic that can be pretty touchy, Uh, a topic that can make some people feel uncomfortable, but it's one that deserves to be discussed because it's a topic that I don't think really gets much attention. Uh, Yeah, there's the occasional news media story saying, child pornographer busted, or man in possession of child pornography thrown in a jail cell. You know, there's all kinds of stories about child pornography and the people that, uh, that populate that, I guess, sub-region of uh, interest, but you don't really ever think too hard about what it means. When you see someone getting busted for so-called child pornography, do you know if they actually have a, in, in their possession pictures or video of a child pre-puberty actually engaged in a sex act with an adult? Or is it a picture of a 15-year-old girl? Maybe, uh, you know, she took a photo of herself self-pleasuring for her boyfriend. That could be considered child pornography. As you pointed out earlier, Mark, uh, a three-year-old in a bathtub. People have gone to jail for having those pictures developed at, uh, you know, their local Walgreens and that sort of thing. Right, and I'm so- absolutely against child pornography. It's just that it it scares the crap out of me when we give the power to these law enforcement agencies and they mess it up. Well, the law enforcers don't seem to narrow their definitions. They continually expand them. To broaden their definitions. It's their job to put people in jail and they're going to do that. Right. So maybe originally it was just video of a prepubescent child being uh, molested or or, uh, sexualized, but now it's including teenagers and now it's including babies in the bathtub and now it's going to include drawings of children. Now it's going to include virtual depictions of uh, child pornography. And if one of our other uh, callers have has his way, if you put him in charge, he'll outlaw sex stories involving children. So, I mean, how far do you want it to go? Let's go to the phones. want to hear what you think, even in these remaining moments. Uh, let's see. We've got enough time for Matt in Illinois on the amp line, and your calls as well. 800-259-9231. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I think you've got a lot of confused people that don't understand... Uh, what's going on with child pornography and uh, what the police are about. And I think you just explained it. Um, that's where I was pretty much going to go. Um, but I'll, I'll add this. What, what people should do is they should take their own personal responsibility for their own kids and teach their own kids, you know, how to say no mm-hmm. and how to not go there. And I have a personal story. I have a 15-year-old daughter. She just got a job. Uh, a week ago. Okay. And um, she called me up. I'm no longer with my family. I've been, uh, I moved out a couple of months ago, but I've seen my kids every weekend. And uh, I hope that I taught my kids well. And uh, my 15-year-old daughter calls me up, and she's excited that she's got this job. It's sure. a job with a magazine uh, where she uh, calls people up and asks them what their entertainment schedule is for the next month, and then they publish it in the magazine. Mm-hmm. And she's working for this guy, and she starts telling me how strange this guy is. Hmm. This guy uh, um, is apparently looking at her, and uh, he has this weird closet with a bunch of weird costumes in it. (laughs) And I told her, I said, "Uh, Tegan, if you feel 
a little strange about this guy, then quit. Yeah. Quit the job. And she did. Good. There's and, always um, another job out there. That's right. And, and you know, people need to, to understand, uh, and, and kids, you need to teach your kids that nobody's got this power over you. Nobody has the power to make you do something that makes you feel uncomfortable. Nobody has the power, um, you know, all you have to do is say no. Absolutely. It totally starts in the home, and I think that's an important thing to to suggest to parents, because when you have the attitude of uh, Claudia, who called in earlier, suggesting that, well, if we, or maybe it wasn't Claudia, they're all sort of melding together at this point, one of our earlier callers suggesting that, well, if we just enforce these laws hard enough, then people will stop looking at the stuff. No, no, no. You don't understand. You can enforce these laws as hard and as firm as you want to, and it will not stop uh, pedophiles from doing what they do. The best thing you can do is what Matt just suggested, and that is to keep your kids, uh, educate your kids as to how to keep them safe. Matt, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. You know, I think that you can do a certain level of um, deterring. Uh, for instance, a guy who's been to prison once may not want to go back, may decide that he wants to change his life. As um, And I think that punishments are a good thing. I just don't, I, I think that even if you gave the death penalty for jaywalking, there'd still be jaywalkers. Absolutely. I mean, there are countries where they have the death penalty for drug dealing, and there's still marijuana for sale. 800-259-9231. We talk to Dave in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Dave. Hey, how you doing? Yes, uh, sir. You were asking about the cops looking at porn. Yeah. Why do they get to do it? Well, the same reason why they got to look at a bloody murder scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's the same deal. They got to look at ugly stuff in their line of work. I understand, but somebody said earlier that anybody that looks at this uh, child pornography should be sent to a jail cell. So I guess he didn't. I guess he didn't mean the cops. Huh? The cops get a pass. They can look at it all they want, and then they're okay. Well, that's just the slip of the English, I think. You know. But what if? But, but do you see my point ahead. here, Dave? What if they a cop? You're right. What if a well, cop's the should... pervert? Not because they're looking at it, because. Uh, they enjoy, unless they're perverted, you know. Who's to know? Way, they could be even perverted, like they like looking at bloody murder scenes. They could. Too, well, know? think about this. I mean, you if you look at the the people that molest children, the people that you know, uh, you know, certain uh, people in re- religions like priests, uh, essentially. I got uh, a good solution. We should have love police, and if you ain't loving somebody, you get a bullet <laughs> right in the head. Well, good that heavens. doesn't sound very loving, Dave. <laughs> Thank you for the call tonight, 800 It's going to be tough to inform, for them to uh, do their job if they're loving everybody, right? <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. But have you noticed that the people, um, the, the people that want to victimize children in a sexual manner are tended to be drawn to positions that uh, attract children to them? Right. So, uh, preacher, uh, let's see, what else? A Cub teacher, Scout Cub Scout leader, police officer, deal with children. I'd so, say that the vast majority of people in those professions are not perverts. What percentage of police that are actually out there enforcing these child pornography laws are just using it as a pretext to expand their collection? I, I would say in, in, in the same way that the vast majority of people in those Speculation, lines, my friend. Right. Speculation. It, the fact is, if they're a cop, they can look at it all they want. 800-259-9231. Uh, and here's one other point I wanted to make to uh, Rick earlier. He was talking, he sort of suggested that we were liberals, Mark, when you read him the, the First Amendment and we were talking about freedom of speech. I don't know that he did. I think that he used it as a liberal, um, he said it was a liberal definition You or had said like that. that the freedom of speech was created, or the, the Bill of Rights, Amendment Number 1, was written in order to protect unpopular speech. And he said, well, I've heard that liberal position before and blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, let's say for a second that he was calling us liberals. I'm not uh, convinced that he was. Let's say he was. 
Well, whatever. I'm not suggesting he was calling us liberals. He was just saying that was a liberal interpretation. And um, what I want to point out to people like him is that it's all fine and dandy for you to sit out there and say, we should restrict free, uh, freedom of speech when it comes to these child, uh, you know, p- child porn stories. We need to restrict the freedom of speech there. But the problem is once you restrict some freedom of speech, Rich, you've opened the Pandora's box, my friend. And yeah. for instance... What happens if you create these laws that restrict freedom of speech? They're upheld as constitutional. Then the Pandora's box is open. Then the liberals that you hate so much get in charge. And then the liberals decide that, well, since they uh, restricted the freedom of speech for sex stories, we're going to restrict freedom of speech about talking out against homosexuals. Hate speech. Yeah, we're going to restrict hate speech. And now you can't say anything bad about anybody anymore. How are you going to feel then, Rich? You See, that's the problem. You can't call a gay man a queer right, no that's, more. That's the problem with this. You need to let people say what they're going to say as offensive as it might be. If you don't like it, turn it off. Go away. Let's Let's go to Clinton in Wisconsin. Clinton, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hello, guys. Hey, what's on your hey. mind? Oh, this is a broad subject. I've been involved in it in several various ways. Let me tell you something about this police issue that I experienced personally. I've been online since the 80s, all right? Okay. And there was a bulletin board system called Exec PC that launched around Milwaukee County, where I'm from. And they happened to become literally the world's largest bulletin board service provider. All right. And they had, in those days, you used the keyboards with these character-based user interfaces. We didn't have these nice graphics, so you sure. had to use different keyboard combinations. Right, to make this was pre-internet. systems work, right? Right, right. You've got like so 20 seconds, my friend. Evening was I accidentally pressed some keys and loaded some child pornography. Oh, dear. So back then, they... You, you might have heard of a notion called an Easter egg, where you hit different yeah, key yeah, combinations it's a and you sure. get a surprise, right? Did you get any well, trouble for it? We're short on time, my friend. Oh, okay. Well, what happened was I tried to report this this oh, gosh. of child pornography to the Milwaukee Police Department. That probably wasn't a good move. You're going to have to call us back Monday night to tell us the rest of the story. We're out of time. We'll back tomorrow, uh, back Monday. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.